Tanya Avery. And I'm Holly Clark, host of the Infuse Classroom Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Be sure to check out all of our other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome to Shooks and Gift. This is season three, episode three. In this episode, we talk about googly things like changes to slides captioning, their Pinterest account, getting started with Google for EDU, new ISTE standards for coaches, tools that are now free for Google for Education certified innovators and trainers, a tool to make a custom route in a map, a word game, appointment calendars, and how to make good big posters. God bless you. Gesundheit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Shooks and Gif, the podcast where we share edtech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip, or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. Hey, Kim. Hey, Jen. What do you get when you divide the circumference of a pumpkin by its diameter? I'm, I'm actually trying to do the math in my head. I have no idea. Pumpkin pie. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. A week late, but happy Thanksgiving. Yes, we just had our Canadian Thanksgiving. All right. Hi. Got some little things to share today. Two nights in a row we're together. I know. We went out for dinner last night. We did. It was lovely. Went to a new sushi place. If you're ever in Richmond Hill. It was really good. Hit us up. We'll tell you where it is. It was really good. It was expensive, though. It was. But it was really good. Yeah, I find sushi expensive. But, but it was yummy. I really well, liked, we had these yeah, little tents. Yeah, you walked in, and I was the first one there. Yeah. And because it was close to my house, so I was able to walk over. And I walked in, and I'm like, oh, we, hi, we have a reservation. She goes, oh, yeah. And she points to this little, like, almost like a sound booth. It was yeah. like with little curtains little on tent. it. And I was like, what is this? And I walked in, it was like our own little private. It was really tent. nice. Yeah. Bless you. Thank y'all. Oh, there's another one. I always sneeze in twos. <laughs> That's how I know I'm not sick. Really? Yep. It's a good if idea. I only sneeze once, I know a cold is coming. If I sneeze twice, does that just blow your mind? A little bit. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna track that. Yeah. That's why whenever I sneeze twice, I, you'll usually under my breath hear me go, Yes. Oh funny. I'm gonna pay attention to that. That's true. There you go. Or at least multiple in multiple like any anything Ed, two or more, I know I'm fine. Ed tech if I sneeze once. Medical advice. <laughs> courtesy of Shooks. Thanks, pal. <laughs> All right. Okay. So now that we're gonna go to what we actually know about. Not medicine? <laughs> Maybe not as much. No. All right. Okay. We're gonna start with uh, a few itty bitties. We have a lot of itty bitties. We have a little yeah, a bunch of little ones, which which I kinda like. And I think I think people like those little ones too. Me too. So there's a new thing that just came out in Google Slides. We love that there are captions and slides. I remember when that came out a year or so ago, mm -hmm. people were over the moon about it. Well, and yeah. still to this day, when people don't know it's there, yeah. I love that reaction. Do you so, turn it on when you present? Um, no, to be honest, I don't, and I really should. And now I might. And one of the reasons why I didn't is because that was not a planned transition, by the way. That was just actual truth. Uh, one of the reasons why I didn't was because the text in the captions was often small and at the bottom. Correct. But now with this latest update, you can now change the size of the text in mm -hmm. the captions and the position from the top, from the bottom to the top. Yeah. That's a song, isn't it? Is it? From the bottom to the top. I'm going to find it. <laughs> you carry on. Okay. Thanks. Um, 
So I played around with it, and I don't have it in my Gmail account. I do. But <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I always get things before. Of course you do. Of course you do. I think it's because they know that it's pronounced GIF and not GIF because it's virtual GIF at Gmail. So you know, I'm gonna move on. Um, <laughs> no, but I do have it in um, my EdTech team account. So what happens is when you pr click present, you'll notice once you get it beside the captions icon is a tiny little shark tooth drop down arrow, and you have two options. Scone. You can what scone. Oh, scone. Because it goes oh, on with yeah, the yeah, carbs yeah. for it breakfast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we need a crepe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What would she a crepe be? Something round. A radio the dial? Record button. Like, just the record button, that round thing. That could be the crepe? Yeah, for sure. Okay. You'll see text size. Mm -hmm. It goes from small, medium, large, and extra large, and text position, top and bottom. So I've actually changed my text size to extra large and, it's so easy and to see. my position to top and it is really easy to see and it's currently captioning everything I'm saying right now. I see that. So that is a really helpful update in slides for accessibility. Even when you think even when you think people can hear you, it's always best to do what you can with the whole notion of universal design in mind. Always. I remember who was it that told me? Andrea Brown told yeah. us. Told, told me. Donnie. Donnie Piercy told me at my very first full keynote when my microphone died on me and I said, it's okay, I'll just shout. Somebody gave me a mic and afterwards he gave me really good advice. He said, always use a mic. Always use a always mic. Always use a mic because you never know who in the crowd has uh, auditory um, learning issues or, or just yeah. hearing issues in general. Or it's just not good acoustics in the room. Yeah. Like I've been in rooms where all of a sudden they're not using like, oh, can you hear us? And at the beginning they're shouting, but then they go to a regular presentation voice mm -hmm. and you're like, I can't hear you anymore. And, yeah. and it changes people the disengage. tone of a presentation too when you have to shout. Yeah, so I, it was um, good advice. Anyways, I have a microphone in my learning commons, and I always, every, anytime anyone comes in to present to use the space, or if teachers are in here, I say, "Do you want the microphone?" Mm -hmm. I always offer it. I love it when I go into schools and they have the little mics that hang around, hang around your neck. Yes, I always use them, mm -hmm. especially when you're you're at like a long conference and you're just running for two days straight. Yeah. My voice always ends up going, and yeah. it just it protects it protects the voice, it. and it's so much better for the people in the room, and they don't. They don't realize how much better it is until you use it because yeah. it just makes everything easier. I the first time I used one was in Bowmanville at Bowman, at the Cortha the KPR Summit. Yeah, um, and I agree. I it was so great. You just have to remember to turn it off when you're having a little private you conversations do. Do. with and when you're going to the bathroom. Yeah, and when you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that at an event once, but I did do it when I was a teenager at a conference. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> when, it wasn't a microphone. It was like a walkie-talkie thing. Oh, your Britney Spears mic. My yeah, it was like a Britney Spears mic. Was yeah. running a charity auction. And honest to God, I went to the bathroom and I heard on the mic, like, Kim, your, your radio is still on. Oh my God. Oh my God. Are you dying? I would be mortified. I was dying. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Okay. I almost think it would be a really uh, helpful piece of assistive technology for teachers to have in general in the classroom. And okay. I think it's, I think it's reasonable to Have you ever had a student with a cochlear implant where you had to it? Yeah, so have I. I. Have. And it re really does make a difference. But I have forgotten to turn it off in that case. And then the kids come over and be like, I heard the conversation you and so-and-so were having. And I'm not supposed to. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. No, not that I'm yeah. having So that's my that first itty-bitty changing the custom text size and position for captions in Google Slides. Awesome. Okay. My first itty-bitty is Google is now on Pinterest. Did you see this? No. I love Pinterest. Um, Google apparently has decided to catch up with 2007 <laughs> um, and they've created a Pinterest page. Um, I have it linked sharing? in the show notes. It's mostly education stuff. Nice. So ways to view and share tour creator. It's all links. It's curated links to 
their tutorials or to their blog posts. But if you're looking for, I need something quick or I want to find something oh, fun in great. Google, it's great. Discover Chrome in two easy steps. Um, here's stuff on Be Internet Awesome. Here's a link to Jamboard resources. Here's and there's not a lot yet. Like there's only how but many? That might be a good good thing. Google is really intentional about how they release things. Don't overwhelm people. Go slow. Start yeah. simple. There's 18 things here. So this could be. I would love um, for this if someone's looking for some self-directed PD, which kind of lends itself nicely, I think, to our next itty bitty yeah. that you're going to share. Um, if you're not a beginner user, but you're more intermediate, you're looking. Okay, how can I use this? Here's 18 weeks of PD. Pick one a week. Dive in for an hour and go. I think I'm going to try to do this because I think there's. I know. I think I know there are things in here I haven't considered. That's a really good resource. Yeah. That's Pinterest good. and I love Pinterest. Just don't search for anything else because you'll get nine and a half hours way. later you'll realize school is done and you forgot to pick it's up. It's like kids. my joke whenever I do a forms workshop and I make teachers put up their hands and say, I promise I will only take forty five seconds in this next section of the workshop and then I show them all the banners that you can find for forms and I lose people. It's, I know. So I get it. Yeah. Pinterest, Google. Lots of cool stuff. And it seems it says Google, but I actually think it's Google for education. So that does fit very nicely with what I wanted to share next. Google has started a, a getting started with Google for Education resource. You can sign up for videos to be delivered to your inbox every week for eight weeks. So it's not overwhelming, eight right. weeks, uh, all about Google for Education if you want to get started. So this is for the person who is brand new and isn't necessarily ready to dive into, let's say, Google Educator One mm -hmm. training. They just want to dip their toes and get a sense of what everything is all about. Getting mm -hmm. started with, you know, the G Suite tools like Docs and Drives and even Classroom. So I think it's a really easy way, ground floor learning Absolutely. for somebody who is just thinking, I'm going to get started on this. And if you are facilitating professional learning, That's exactly this, what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, if you are facilitating professional learning mm -hmm. and you have people in the room who are really, really beginners. This would be a really helpful takeaway resource that wouldn't be so overwhelming. Because you know sometimes you'll give, you, we work so hard on our tutorials and oh, they're yeah. so big with so much content. But if you're putting yourself in the mindset of somebody who is brand spanking new green, to get that massive tutorial could be overwhelming. But mm -hmm. this, coming to them in little chunks is manageable. I totally agree. I also think it's, I, I'm going to imagine that a lot of people listening aren't the beginner, like they're not the ground floor entry, but they might be revered as someone in their, in their building or as oh, they're the go-to. Yeah. So if you're looking for like, okay, where do I start with this? They don't know anything. Show them a few little tips, but then, then send them that way. I signed up for it. I'm right. going to start see getting, what they are? yeah, uh, I'll I'm, sign up too. I'm doing a, a thing in a few weeks that might be a yep. total beginner. So yep. I'm going to use it to help educate myself about things that I may have forgotten yeah. that's ground floor or how easy they feel because they're the experts. They know yep. their products. Yep. Um, and it's videos based on Drive, Docs, Classroom, Forms, Sheets, Slides, Drawings, and Gmail. So that's less than, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yep. So I guess it's one a week. And each one it says it'll take less than 15 minutes to complete. Yep. So I thought that was a really helpful resource that Google put out. I think it goes back to what we said about Pinterest. If you want to do it, like you get the one a week week and that's your self-directed PD. Yeah. Um, here in Ontario, a lot of us are starting to think about our, our TPAs or the, our ALPs are, are due soon, our annual learning plans. And this could be that part of it. If you're looking to up your tech game, those two resources could definitely help. The other thing I wanted to, speaking about coaching and guiding people, is ISTE has released its, um, coaching, standards. its coaching standards. 
and I was looking over them yesterday and they're really great. Nothing that I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. But when we're looking to frame um, our work as coaches, and that can be formal coaches, sort of like you have um, in the role as a digital literacy consultant, it can be more informal, like I have as a teacher librarian. But looking at these, they say, you know, um, the coaching standards are being a change agent, a connected learner, a collaborator, learning designer, professional learning facilitator, data-driven decision maker, and digital citizen advocate. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> it's coming. I, I know what the name of our, of our episode is. I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to... Kazunite. Okay, I'm sorry, I, I just banged this. I think it's gone. I think it's gone. I like that they have data-driven decision maker. I think that Lisa Donahue would absolutely love that one too because it talk, it, it references the importance of, of monitoring for impact. Oh my gosh. And I... I I've, oh my gosh. She has slid away from the microphone. When I was in Detroit in the summer at, at the McCall Conference, remember oh, I said yes, I, remember this. I got a book by Laura Lipton and Bruce Wellman called Got Data Now What? Creating a creating and leading cultures of inquiry. And it's all about, okay, we have data, but what do we do with it? And I firmly believe, and I say this time and time again, that as teachers, at least in the programs that, that I've seen in, in my days that really constitute most Ontario and then maybe Northern New York State, we we say look at data, but we never really teach teachers how to use that data effectively and how to look at it um, through lenses that are meaningful or, or without bias. And there's so much work we can do with data. And I'll put a link to this book. I, I, I can't speak to it because I really haven't read yeah. it. But when I opened it there, I was like, yeah, I feel like this is something that Be could beneficial. really help frame the way that we look at mm -hmm. data. Hey, Kim, uh, are you a Google trainer? Hey, Jen, are you a Google innovator? We are both those things. And guess what great news came out? Oh, I know. All right. So Pear Deck has just released Pear Deck for free for one year of premium access for all innovators and trainers, Google innovators and trainers. Mm -hmm. We've linked it in the show notes. That's huge. That's so it's great. It's huge. It's huge. So if you are a Google for Education certified innovator or trainer, Go to our website, click on the link. I'm sure you can also find it all over Twitter right now. Mm -hmm. But they are giving Pear Deck away. It says learn more and claim one year of free premium access, $149 value. And all you have to do is click on slide six of their deck and it gives you a password. It's a password protected site. Mm -hmm. You put in the password. I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but you put in the password and you wait for them to deliver it to you. Yeah, they say I could, I signed up and they said it could take up to two weeks. They said two, I think their yeah, site yeah. says two weeks. The other thing that is now for free for innovators only, it seems, I don't think it's also trainers, is book creator. Yes. They've been offering it for free for um, Apple Distinguished Educators for uh, forever, I think. And now they've seen well, the value. Well, it makes sense because it's on Chromebooks. Exactly. It's on Chromebooks, so let's push it out. And we have a lifetime upgrade to the web version of Book Creator, which allows you three libraries, 60 books each, so 100, and, or sorry, 60 books in each, so 180 books, real-time collaboration, and co-teachers to join your library. There's like, it's thebomb.com. I do have a question, sidebar, you may know it, you may not. I'm wondering if I have the premium and I'm working with a teacher who does not, could I still add them as a collaborator? Only I could add them, they probably couldn't add. That's something I'm gonna explore. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Book Creator's great. I'm actually going to be working with a group of students here at the school about, um, they're writing the untold story of, and it can be any story that they, they want. And I said, you know, let's actually push it out in a way that's authentic instead of just 
writing it on you know a word processor. It really is a powerful tool that is not difficult to use. Oh, it's so easy. Uh, and you can embed so many different things in yeah. it. I fell in love with Book Creator um, at ISTE 17. It was, I was just like, this is so great. And you can do a lot of things. I A lot of, I think, secondary school teachers look at it and I'm like, eh, it's kind of, like, oh, no. it's junior. But they, on their site, they have examples. And not many high school examples, but some of them are really fantastic. Well, you're going to do it with high school students and then you'll have many more samples to share. Sure. It does beg the question... With both of these promotions out there right now, Pear Deck and Book Creator that are free for innovators, mm -hmm. I'm wondering when they're going to release the next set of Innovator Academies. Because we're approaching the end of You're right. 2019. They usually come out in so, November, don't they? Um, I, don't, I don't know when they release them, but I think um, it might be a good time to say you might want to consider applying to become a Google Innovator because it is a program that changed both of our lives. It did. It brought us closer together. It certainly did. And it, it changed the trajectory of my life, for I, sure. I totally agree with that. So when we do hear about the new innovator dates, we will certainly discuss them. Yes. Okay. I have a bigger share. Go for it. On the weekend, I wanted to go on a hike with uh, my family. And my one son said, well, how long is he going to take? And like, this is the kid who runs cross country. Like, he loves going outside. But he was, you know, wanting to do whatever he was doing, playing with his Lego or whatever. And I said, well, I'll look. And I started looking. And then he was also, because he's running cross country, we're trying to find a route around our neighborhood that he can run that sort of the same distance as what he'll run in regionals next week. And what I've usually done is just gone to Google Maps and made my point of, like, start point my house and my end point my neighbor's house. And then I drag the route so that it goes where I want to manipulate. But sometimes it's like, no, you want to go this way. Yeah. And it tells me where I want to go. And I'm like, I just want to create my own route. I believe you can do this in my maps. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know how to do that. And I thought there's got to be a tool that's easy. And I found one. So if you are ever looking to create your own map, like let's say you are going on a walk with your students or you have running routes, you're a phys ed teacher, or you are reading something where um, a character takes a journey and you want to see, okay, what does that look like? I just finished a book called Refugee. It was phenomenal. And they talk about um, a, one of the aspects of it is a Syrian refugee. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't Google map across an ocean, like, but this will let me do it. So the website is called maps.ie. And if you go to maps.ie, you can on the top go to route planner. And from there, it takes you to a map and it goes into Ireland first. So I, I'm going to assume that it's an Irish created tool. And I can just zoom in anywhere I want. And then I can place flags. I can say, okay, I'm gonna go there and then I'm gonna go here and then I'm gonna go here. And then, and I just keep clicking and I can say now loop that route and it will actually then tell me the distance. I just traveled 154 kilometers. Nice. Um, you can save it. You can then apparently embed these into websites if you wanted to show it. So like if you can embed it, I bet you book creator, if you were doing, if you wanted to show a journey ah. of a character in your book. Anyway, like, I, you know what? Jack would really like this because he's reading 39 clues yes. and they go all over the place and they even talk about the streets that they're on and the places that they see. So that would be cool. Yeah. And it, you can, as an alternative to my maps too. And it, it actually uses Google maps to uh to fuel data yeah. yeah so it's draw route using our they call it the google map pedometer okay. but if you really zoom in and that's what i did i really zoomed in to create the like two the or route. three kilometer route for my son's cross-country um loop around our neighborhood i was able to click okay go here and i told him and then we're going to turn here and he's like oh that's where the big orange tree is and go here oh that's the hidden park yeah and so then we went and he and my husband went out for a run and he runs faster than my husband so he knew where to go and could get ahead of him without the fear of being lost oh that's good yeah Nice. Okay, I want to talk about appointment calendars. Do it. We haven't brought them up yet on the podcast, I believe. 
Google Calendar has a feature called appointment calendars. Now you have to have an education or I believe a business account. I didn't know that. Yeah, you don't have calendars. Like if I go into my Google Calendar in this regular old Gmail account and I am in week view or day view, it doesn't give me an option to create oh, okay. an appointment. So you do have to have an education domain or a business domain in order to create appointments. I love the concept of appointment calendars. Mm -hmm. I was just working with a secondary guidance lead and trying to help them come up with a different system for how students can come in and book times with them, introduced her to appointment slots, and she loved the functionality of it. Mm -hmm. However, I said to her, appointment calendars look like they're from 1992. Yep, they do. So I tweeted, have yet to have a response, but I did tweet to Google Calendar, to G Suite EDU, to For G the love, Suite. Google. It's a for the love. Appointment calendars have a lot of a potential in, in, obviously, if it's in an education domain, you know that we're going to use it. Mm -hmm. We can use it for scheduling meetings with parents. We can use it for conferencing with students. I used to do that as well. Mm. But they look terrible. They do. They look, there's no rhyme or reason when you have multiple slots within a time frame how they're organized. Sometimes they're alphabetical, sometimes they're all different orders, and it's different. It's not even consistent, it's yeah. different. Um, and it doesn't look good. No. So what, I'm, what I wanna say is, I highly recommend that you go out and play with Google appointment calendars. I think they have potential, I think they're useful in the classroom setting, and I'm also at the same time saying, for the love, could we please get a 2020 refresh of appointment calendars? Is it on the roadmap somewhere? Yeah. I would really like to see this. Yeah, so one of the reasons why I think, and this is purely in my head, I think a refresh might be coming was because, I don't know if you remember, about a year ago, or maybe even more recently, they did get a slight improvement. It used to be that if you had an appointment calendar created and a particular string of appointments, if you made a mistake in one of them and you went to fix it, you had to delete that entire string. You couldn't just edit one. But in the recent past, I want to say, maybe the last six months or so, I noticed that you could go in and now you can actually edit one slot and like not this have event to, only. Yeah, and not have to like delete everything once it's been created. Mm, so I, I was really pleased to see that, and so I'm hoping more is coming. Even just the material design of it. Cool. But give it give appointment calendars a try if you think they'll be helpful, and I'll, I have an old tutorial from a few years ago that I'll link into the show notes. Cool. Okay. I have, I have two. They're short. Can we do both? They're both. Okay, so one's a game, and it's called No Word. K-N-O-W-O-R-D. So the W is shared between the two, and it's like knowing no words. Yeah. And so you can start a game, and it's either easy, medium, or hard. I think this is a great thing if you're building vocabulary with students, if you have those moments where when they come in, you have class transitions, so you're like, okay, let's build. For me, I have my interactive board. I'm going to probably put it on there when I get um, the keyboard, the on-screen keyboard um, up and going. So I hit start game with easy, and it says, okay, here we go. It says, let's begin. And I'll say it starts with C. It's a noun, a round projectile fired from a cannon. Jump into water with arms and knees, with knees upraised. Okay, that's a cannon ball. And sure enough, I got it. And then it goes through to the next one. And you try to, in a certain amount of time, I think you have a minute and a half, get as many as you can and you do streaks. So it's the opposite of, here's a word, what's the definition? It's like, here's a definition of the first letter. Do you know what the word is? And I was on easy the other day, and there were a few that I was like, I don't know what they, and oh, of course it means that. It's, you know what would be super 
great if there was functionality in there that we could put the words in. Oh, that would be fantastic. So that we can create the content. But, okay, so take that. Think about tools that you might be able to do that with. Yeah, Slides. slides. Yeah. For sure. I wonder if Flippity, if there's one of the Flippities that you could, well, obviously the you could do the quiz show. You could yeah. Do, you could do, you could recreate that with Flippity. Yeah. It's, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, if you're doing your vocabulary lists or, or even um, at the end of a unit when you're like, okay, here's the vocab we learned that in secondary, we don't do a lot of memorization of, of the terms, but you need to know sort of like a heads up kind of game. But yeah, it's called, it's called no, or sorry, no word. It's a little bit addictive. It's kind of fun if you need, if you're on hold with your bank or something, give it a go. Okay. My last share I was looking for a way to print a, a photo that was on eight half by 11 onto poster form. So I wanted to take it instead of being one sheet, I wanted it to be like three by four. So I, um, the treaties recognition week is coming up the first full week of November. And it's a way for uh, the people of Ontario to understand the treaties that we're part of because we're all treaty people. And I have, you can see the beginning of it here, um, this first nation treaties map that I've started putting together and I just wanted a way to make it big because I'm, I create bris or numbers boards, um, like presentation boards. And I thought there's gotta be a way to do this. Now, truth be told, I forgot that Adobe reader will do this. So if you don't know how to do this, if you have Adobe reader, it's free. You can download it. You can put any, anything into it. And this is why I went there because what I'm going to share in a minute only works with JPEGs and PNGs, but I had a PDF as well. So I could put the PDF into Adobe Acrobat reader. Um, when you go to print, you choose poster and then it will say, okay, how wide do you want it to be? And then it'll do it in, um, in ratio and then print. And then you just have to do like cutting in the pasting. But if you have student volunteers who love to do that sort of thing, there's always kids around. Oh, so it will still print it on eight and a half by 11, but you just have to put it all together. That's right. Okay. So, and it'll create like big displays if you're looking for big posters and you don't have a plotter printer because I don't have a plotter printer. I'm just looking at them and that's actually cool. If you leave the white spaces around each of the pieces yeah. of paper, it gives a really nice... Uh, collage effect. Exactly. So this um, this site that I have is Raster Batter, and you say create a poster. You upload load a JPEG or put a link to a JPEG online, and it will say, okay, how big do you want it to be? And bang, your JPEG turns into whatever size you want. And like Kim said, you can leave a little bit of the white outline if you want the mosaic or the sorry collage look, or you can actually glue them together. Um, so if you're looking to create bigger things, you don't have a plotter, check it out. It's rasterbatter.net, and I'll put a link in the show notes. That's it. Awesome. Peace out, my friend. See ya. See you in a couple weeks. That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U-K-E-S-A-N-D-G-I-F-F.com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid. Or by tweeting at us, sending us an email. Or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go. Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3. No. Nope. This is Shooks and GIF. Welcome to Shooks and GIF. This is... I cannot believe. You know, people probably hear these things in our outtakes and think that Kim 
is totally faking this, but it's really sad that I'm not. <laughs> okay. Welcome to season... Oh, my God. 